These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Rebecca Schutz, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle, and I'm here today with Nancy Sarnoff. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Rebecca. Good to see you. Thank you. It's good to it's good to be back recording in the studio. We've taken a it's couple a of weeks bit. off. Yeah. Also here with us is Paul Takahashi, real estate reporter at the Houston Chronicle. You may remember him from our podcast on Houston Beers. I always love his stories about the grocery stores and retailers opening and closing up shop throughout Houston because he has this knack of highlighting how businesses cater to Houston's different cultures and subcultures. I remember your story about the beer supply store being driven out of business by craft breweries that helped incubate, and it included a home brewing club called the Foam Rangers. And I was just like, you know, I love that. I love that that's in Houston. Well, was. Yes. That was in Houston. And it's always fascinating to hear how grocery stores tailor their offerings to the different neighborhoods like Maryland and the Third Ward. But appreciate it while you can, because it won't be for much longer. Paul will be moving to cover oil and gas. Congratulations, Paul. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So we decided to have him here today to talk about some of his favorite stories, but also his recent stories, because... Recently, he's been writing a lot about the coronavirus, which is also all over the news because its impact has been so vast and really it's been permeating in all these unexpected ways that you wouldn't necessarily think of with a virus. Well, first started with the masks, right? Everyone started ordering these masks. What are they called? Yeah, surgical or N95 masks. N95, yeah. Yeah, and... They've just been in short supply all over the city, um, pharmacies, uh, home improvement stores, and medical supply shops just can't seem to keep them in stock. Everybody's buying them up. And then it's sort of now expanded beyond masks to include all kinds of uh, household staples. So I was uh, making a formula run for my baby uh, yesterday uh, evening, and I mean, lo and behold, I mean, I went to a local HEB in my neighborhood out in Cyprus and uh, shelves of toilet paper and water and canned goods were almost nearly empty, which took me by surprise. People are panic buying. So. Yeah. Like when's the last time you've seen shelves empty of those types of supplies? Uh, I would say probably Harvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really brought me back to Harvey. Yeah, uh, several years ago. What was the scene like? So I went probably around like nine o'clock. So it was, it was. I mean, there were a few shoppers in there. I mean, a couple of them had pretty big shopping carts filled to the brim with goods. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't like packed. It, there weren't lines. But I know colleagues have seen lines. People right now are really thinking this may be a two-week or longer impact, and so they're really stocking up on like cold medicine and flu medicine cleaning supplies, toilet paper, paper goods, paper towels, things like that. And did you talk to any of the shoppers? I did. Uh, One shopper I talked to, she and her son, they're both living in Cyprus. They uh, were shopping late Monday night, and they 
had 300 bottles of water, as well as just bags and bags of canned goods, pastas, rice, things like that. And they're a family of five, and they said they're not worried at all about the coronavirus, but they've been listening to the news, you know, the Centers for Disease uh, Control Prevention, they said, mm-hmm. to start preparing for a possible major outbreak. So they're just sort of taking heed, and they saw that a lot of stores were running out of certain supplies right now. And, you know, they're all going to be restocked, but they just want to be cautious and want to be prepared. And so they're not worried right now, but they said it's better safe than be sorry. So so part of how it's impacting retail is people are buying lots of certain types of supplies, such as medical supplies, masks, water, water, non-perishable foods, toilet paper, Toilet paper, yeah. very important <laughs> if you're quarantined. <laughs> um, what are other impacts that are being seen at retailers? I think there was an analyst that came out with a research note just today saying that he believes that uh, comparable sales, which are same source sales, that are going to go up by a percent and a half or so over the next couple of weeks just because of the panic buying that he sees going on. And so there's going to be a temporary kind of uptick in business for retailers. But over the long run, it's really not clear because, you know, if people sort of are self-quarantined or they're worried about getting sick, they're going to stay in, they're going to not go out and spend, they're not going to go to shopping malls, they're not going to go out to eat or to buy things. And so there could be some longer term impacts if this does get worse. You know, as a whole, you know, retail is struggling with the rise of e-commerce and all this new competition coming from uh, other retailers. And so it's going to be very tough if they can't get people into stores. Mm -hmm. I have seen a recent uptick. It seems this is just my observation of the Amazon vans. I really I'm seeing them at every turn, it seems like. Mm. So I'm sure there are a lot there's lots of online ordering in in terms of the kind of this doomsday feast on products. Clearly, I think in China, you know, online deliveries have really shot up and, you know, the delivery drivers are often the only people on the roads there um, in places where the, you know, the impact is greatest. I wonder how that'll affect our warehouse market here in Houston. warehouse market? (laughs) Costo. Probably a lot of demand. It sort of reminded me, I was saying this earlier, my parents had this trip, they were going to go to Italy. Mm. Um, And then there there was an outbreak of cases in Italy, in Milan, around Fashion Week. And my parents decided to cancel. And they had a few worries. One was that they would get the virus. One was that they might not be able to travel back to America. And one was my mom is Chinese, that, like, people might see her face and, like, it might not be an enjoyable trip. They might be acting differently towards her. And then when they canceled the trip, not only did they cancel the trip, but they also returned everything they had bought for the trip, you know, like uh, clothing, stuff to keep warm. I think my mom had bought extra underwear. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, they went and returned all that. So I was wondering if there's any negative impacts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we're starting to look into, I think, uh, sort of the impacts of travel here in Houston. 
you know, Sarah Week, of course, this week was canceled. Yeah. Um, they were expected to bring 5,000 plus people to Houston from mm-hmm. around the world, and organizers decided to cancel. What does that mean for hotels and restaurants and other businesses that were relying on those travelers and tourists to come to Houston? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a big question in the future. I think there are going to be a lot of people who are going to think twice about taking cruises in the future. And what does that mean for Galveston businesses? hotels, restaurants, retailers that rely on those tourists coming through. I'm certainly not taking any more cruises in the near future. (laughs) Nancy loves cruises. Yeah. I just took one, Paul, uh, for New Year's. Oh. So pre-corona, just just barely. Was it your first trip? It was not my first cruise. It was my first cruise as an adult. I have never taken a cruise. And I think seeing all the headlines – about what can happen. And then, you know, the coronavirus may be a a special case, but, you know, breeding grounds for the norovirus and other things. And it sort of does make you think about taking a trip on a big boat Mm -hmm. that you can't Mm -hmm. get out of. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul, I should say that you are actually a somewhat regular on Looped In. You're definitely a fan favorite because you were on the episode about beer, but you've also been on talking about Mattress Firm. You've come on to talk about Sears and Whole Foods and some of our really popular episodes. But yeah, since you've been covering this, how many years now? Three? Uh, Probably a little over two. two Okay, a little over two years. Three Black Fridays. So that's my measure. Uh (laughs) Black Friday happens every year. Well, so what has stood out to you in these past two years about Houston and and the retail market? I think it's ever-evolving. You know, you look at Randall's, for example, and how it was such a dominant grocery player for so many years. And, you know, you have new competitors coming into the market in recent years and really upending the landscape. And it's sort of you know, these big brands that you see today, like Amazon or uh, Walmart, and you sort of think, all right, they are the top players now, but will they be in 50 years or 100 years? Um, Sears was sort of the Amazon of its day, and now it's there's only two Sears department stores left in Houston. Even within the two years I've been covering, they've been closing dozens of stores here. So it's always a, a state of flux and people are consumers are loyal, but they're also willing to try new things, especially in a place like Houston. Is there a specific retail trend that you covered that stands out? I remember when scents were a big thing, people were scenting their stores to yeah. kind of create a, a sort of feeling for shoppers. Yeah, Uh Probably experiential retail has been kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you see all the Instagram walls, mm-hmm. uh, Instagrammable backdrops, and uh, f- you know fun experiences that people do. Uh, I was shopping at H E B the other day with my three year old daughter, and they had an impromptu book reading session. An employee was reading a book that they were selling, a children's book, and they had a little mat out on the floor right by their cash registers. And people were, you know, it was a good number of kids. I mean, six kids or so, half a dozen, were sitting down on this mat and they had a little bench and parents sort of milling about and they read a a little book to the kids. That's super interesting. I think 
because it's so easy to buy things online, it's just a click away and something comes to your door. Retailers are realizing they have to offer more than just a place where you can buy something. It can't be just transactional. You have to give people a little bit more. So it's, you know, lessons in the store, or tastings or story time. Yeah. You have to kind of improve how people feel inside your stores. And so I definitely was like, hey, I'll come back and yeah. if there's a story time going on, I'll stop by and uh, maybe buy something on the way out. Yeah. Okay. I had a lightning round. Ooh. Oh. Have you done a lightning round? I think so. When I first okay. came on, there was a... Yeah. Okay. So lightning round. Sound effects. <laughs> Saddest closing. Saddest closing. Oh, boy. Uh, I think for a lot of people in Houston, I think Half Price Books was probably a, a, a sad closing. You know, it depends on the generation, right? So Your Paul, generation. you've done this before, though. You <laughs> oh, have done that's this right. before. In a lightning round, it's called right. lightning round for a reason. Half Price Books. What were you going to say, though? Well, you know, it depends on the generation. So Sears for some people. Yeah. Who, you know, okay. remember the catalogs, uh -huh. okay. et cetera, et cetera. But no. yeah, I think for a lot of people. Okay. Most hyped opening. Most hyped opening. Oh, oh I boy. know that one. Well, it depends. So, I mean, you know, I've covered in and out you know, burger opening. Uh, and, you know, it's not necessarily a retail retail, but, you know, a restaurant. I think that's mm -hmm. a pretty big one. I remember when Paul covered the Voodoo Donut Shop opening and he came back and we were like, where are... Our donuts. And he was like, what? <laughs> so that was hyped in the newsroom. That's what I was going to say. We like donuts. So I didn't tell anyone at work this, but I actually went there one Saturday afternoon, shortly after they opened, to get donuts for a party I was going to that night. Mm -hmm. And I waited in line for an hour. Oh, wow. wow. Yes, I know. And so I got to my party and I had these two well, I got two dozen. I only took one dozen. I took one dozen of like all their top sellers to this party. And my friends were all like, oh, cool, cool. You brought them. And they all thought I had just gotten them free at work. <laughs> <laughs> and first of all, we're, we're not allowed to do that. But second of all, I stood in line and it was raining. It wow. was raining. Oh my That's dedication. <laughs> I know for my friends. And anyway, it was just. What did you think? Was it worth the the wait? Um, no comment. Okay. Oh gosh, we're doing lightning round, aren't we? Okay, <laughs> Rebecca, go. <laughs> Buzzword. You're excited never to use in a story again. Probably eatery. What is even an eatery? Uh, I've yeah. actually, I've been using that word for a long time in stories. Huh. Interesting. I, I, I don't use it so much anymore, but I used to write a bit more about restaurants and you can only have restaurants so so much in a That's story. True. You got to vary it up. And it's there are not a lot of other words for restaurant. But it is very, it is a little bit strange. Like a bakery is where they make baked goods. A creamery is where they make dairy products. And then you have an eatery where they just <laughs> make things you eat. It's just like a they couldn't they couldn't come up with a word. <laughs> just this term. <laughs> a dinnery or a luncheon. Yeah. Breakfast. Breakfastery. I don't know. Yeah. I have yeah. one more question. I don't know if this is a good question. Sure. But do you have the thing where people go, Oh, you're a reporter? What do you cover? And you go, retail. And they're just sort of like they just sort of look at you and you have to like convince them how exciting it is. 
Does that ever happen to you? I think for uh, Loopton readers, I think most key thing for like Loopton readers who are interested in real estate is what's going to happen to all these malls, you know, that are, yeah. you know, a lot of them are declining foot traffic and things like that. And so, you know, there are a lot of developers out there eyeing these malls for redevelopment. And so what is going to happen to the malls that aren't doing so well? And it's a big hunk of real estate, especially Sears, I think, closing you know, that presents a big opportunity for mall owners to say, all right, we're going to really change this, what used to be this really sad state of affairs in Sears into something exciting that people are going to be attracted to and be drawn into. And whether that's entertainment places, you know, trampoline parks or whatnot, or, uh, you know, medical or colleges or, you know, things that are very practical. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of malls sort of taking that route. Very exciting. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for all your coverage. They're going to replace you, I'm sure, at at some point. And that person has big shoes to fill, but we're glad that you're still going to be at the Chronicle. And it's not unprecedented for an energy reporter to come on Looped In. I don't know if, true. if you Jordan. knew. Jordan came on after spending the night at a man camp, which which was, right. yeah, which was a good one. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Looped In is hosted by me, Rebecca Schutz, and Nancy Sarnoff. We'll include a link to our coronavirus coverage in the show notes. If you don't already subscribe to Looped In, it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi, I'm on Twitter at R.A. Shoots and Nancy's at... I am at N. Sarnoff. And you can find Paul... At Paul Takahashi. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>